0: So I said, pick out any vegetable you want, we'll go home, we'll look up how you prepare this food, we'll prepare it and we'll try it. And he, I don't know if he learned about a turnip on a show or if it looked cool, whatever it was, but he picked turnips, we prepared it and he, he didn't like it. He finished it though. He finished his plate and I think it was because he got to pick out this turnip and he was excited to try it. Yeah. It wasn't his favorite but he was motivated to
1: finish it because he was so involved in that process. Welcome to EducationRx. The education system in the U.S. is sick and we all need to find ways to heal
2: it. I'm Holly Bronson. I'm Shannon Donaway. Together, We have almost 50 years of experience working as professionals in a school setting.
1: We may not have all the answers, but we're looking for people who have a piece of the solution puzzle. This is EducationRx. All right, so today we're doing something a little different than we normally do. We are actually speaking with Paige Edmonds, and
2: she is technically, she's a functional nutritionist.
1: Yes. A functional nutritionist. Now we're going to talk about food. We're going to talk about nutrition, but before people turn us off, (laughs) it's not, we're not going to talk about heavy stuff and it's not going to be boring. It's actually really interesting because she's going to give some quick and easy tips and tricks for your kiddos to help with their attitude, their ability to focus. Maybe if they're struggling with acne or academic performance or physical, athletic performance. She's got some really great quick and easy tips and tricks and then talks about how to really introduce more nutritional things and what things you want to make sure that they're getting in their meals.
2: Yeah, she's going to cover a lot in this interview. So listen up. Well, and teachers,
1: it's for you too. It's not just for students. She's going to talk to teachers as well about things that you can do to make sure that you're able to sustain during the day. And she gives some really good ideas that you probably haven't thought of including when to start eating in your day to give you the most stamina for seeing your day through and not just being so tired you can't keep going to the end of the day. So it's good stuff.
2: All right, here we go. So today we are talking to Paige Edmonds, and I'm going to let you introduce yourself. Can you tell our audience a little bit about what you do and who you are and why you're kind of passionate about your expertise? of
0: course first of all thank you for having me so i am a what i call a functional nutritionist so i have training in functional medicine and there are many different types of nutritionists out there so where my passions really are and is more in like the the naturopathic the holistic the functional medicine side of things so i'm also a health coach i'm a holistic health coach my background is in i have a masters in human nutrition and then my undergrad degree is in community health education with an emphasis on nutrition as well and so a couple of years ago i had gotten connected with dr mindy pells and that's how i believe holly found me <laughs> and really i was i was really driven by her education She was teaching things that I'm like, no other doctors are really speaking about. And this was around women's health and women's hormones and how women need to be doing things differently. Women aren't little men. And so I was really like, wow, I actually saw her on Instagram. And I'm like, I love what she's promoting. So we got connected and I started helping her out with her consultations at that time she had no health coaches, she was starting to get too big to do any one-on-one consultations and she knew that was lacking in the company. So I had started on board doing primarily Dutch test consultations, that's a hormone panel. I would do Mm -hmm. gut type of testing, toxicity testing, anyone could purchase a nutrition consultation with us, general health consultations. So once that started really growing, then I helped her out with, she has got two programs so we have our reset academy program and that's really designed to bring community together and to educate empower women and men we're attracting more men now all about their hormones we really want to teach you how your hormones dictate everything i mean they really control your quality of life how you feel your outlook on life and so there's certain ways that you should be eating and exercising in your lifestyle should be a certain way as your hormones are shifting through life. So that's really what the Reset Academy is designed to do is to to have that education, that community, that support. And then we do have a separate program. It's called our Thrive Program. I help lead that. And that's our one-on-one health coaching. It's a, a primarily a detoxification program. So that's where my passions really are currently. I mean, I love it all. I got into this field as most people with their pain to purpose story. So I have a history of thyroid stuff and different hormonal stuff myself. And uh, really it's, I I, I do, I love it all. I love nutrition. I love hormones. I love gut health. I love helping people learn how to detox and understand the importance of that. So that's, that's where I'm at currently.
2: (laughs) You know what? I can relate to this Right now, I am currently doing the whole detox program with a nutritionist here where I live in Durango. That's so amazing. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if it's amazing, but it, it's going.
0: <laughs> yeah, it can be tough. Uh, what One of the best things that we provide is unlimited support. So we actually do weekly meetings as a group. And they're about an hour, so we'll, Dr. Mindy or I, we switch off weeks, we'll educate on a a topic. Usually it revolves around toxicity of some sort. And then we open it up for questions. And so you can actually unmute yourself, but we keep the group really small on purpose so that you can get to know the people you're detoxing with. So you have that support you can hear everyone's stories, their wins, their struggles. Mm-hmm. And then I email them in between and then we meet monthly one-on-one. And so I really, I get emails all the time and it's it's like today is not a good day. And then part of my job is to be like, hang in there. Detoxing is not supposed to be fun all the time. <laughs> Oftentimes, I'll make I have to make alternatives though, or like slow things down or change it because everybody is so different with detoxing that it can be tricky to find. I always say you've got to find your groove with it to have it like to make it seem bearable. So if you're not in your groove right now, my heart goes out to you because it's not fun.
2: No, I actually am. It's kind of it's a little up and down, just (laughs) like you're saying. Yeah. The first two days went great. And then like the third day I was like, oh, I just want something with sugar. I want to, I want (laughs) to taste something more. I need sweetness. And now I'm good again. So I think it'll be like, that. it's been, I think I started Monday. So awesome. So it's almost been a week. It's Friday. Yeah. Monday (laughs) over the week. Well, for this particular nutritionist, it's, it's two weeks of detox. And then uh, you can, then we slowly add some, I don't know. It's two weeks of very strict kind of.
0: You can do anything for two weeks.
2: I, that's what I thought.
0: Yeah. You're
1: already five days into it.
2: <laughs> you're almost halfway. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. You know, so, so sorry. People, go ahead. I feel like I derailed the interview. Sorry. No, that's good. That's no, one of my passions. I think
1: a lot of people are thinking, why would we ask Paige to come on? to a podcast about education. And I think there's a lot of misunderstanding about nutrition. And I think there's a lot of misunderstanding about how it impacts our life. And just the toxicity of things, not just in food, but in our environment, including our clothes and our cleaning supplies and laundry detergents and all those things and how that actually is impacting our students as well as the adults that are trying to teach them. And so that's part of why we asked Paige to come on, not because we're trying to lecture people about diet and eating healthy, but we're trying to give them good information that might help make their lives better. So that was why we we decided to invite Paige to come on. Because <laughs> yeah. we are both nutrition people, like that we're always trying to figure out how to eat healthier and, and do things better, because we want to be able to be focused, we want to be able to be active, and, and it's such a big part of that.
0: Yeah, it's so important. And it's so important from, I mean, I think about even just when a woman is pregnant, that's really where nutrition starts, is in the womb. And then um, even from the moment of when you're a baby up until puberty and on, it's it's such an important impact that if we can feed our kids healthy early in life that actually dictates their health later in life you're setting your child up for their health down the road by implementing those healthy practices so i i'm I'm very passionate about that because it, it does start with the children it does
1: In a lot of ways, as Americans, we don't take time to slow down and really look at the impact to our, like everything, including cost, right? So when we don't take care of ourselves now, what is that cost to our nation down the line? for medical expenses and care for people who are elderly and unhealthy. And I mean, there's just so much that goes into that and it starts with children. And I think that's one thing that people miss. And sometimes, oh, I don't have a kid in school or I'm not an educator, so I don't really care about, you know, listening about education, but it impacts us all because it starts with kids and those kids grow up and they're running the country. And so we really all need to be a little invested in what's going on there.
0: Yes, Exactly. Exactly. And I always like to tell people, you have nothing without your health. You right. really don't. So. And so it, it, you do need to prioritize it. And I know it can be daunting. There's so much information out there, especially in the nutrition world that it can be overwhelming. And like, how do, where do I even begin? One person mm-hmm. says, eat eggs. One person says, don't eat eggs. Are it's you? so confusing. And I find that you just, you you have to start somewhere and you have to, you have to put a focus on it because without your health, you really don't have anything. So I, that's where I really shine too, is I want to make healthy eating accessible to people and make it easy enough for people where they don't feel like they have to give up because they just don't know what to do.
1: Also, make it fun. Like it's fun. I love yes. food. I love to <laughs> eat. I love food, and so I want to be able to eat healthy and balanced because there are some things that I'm just going to cheat for because I love it. But <laughs> I have a lot of people, so I I am working on working my way through Dr. Pell's book, Fast Like a Girl. And a lot of people ask me because I am sort of a late night person, so I don't start eating till late in the day like late in the day. I do a lot of working with kids and so I'm really busy in the first part of the day. And usually around 130 or 2, I have time to go to the gym. And I usually go to the gym then because it's not as busy. (laughs) Most people aren't there right then. And then I start eating when I come back. And I usually eat really high protein right when I come back from the gym because she told me to and explained why, which is good rationale. But then I eat till kind of later in the day. And that just works for me. A lot of people ask, oh my gosh, how do you do that? So I can still have coffee in the morning. And that that makes it doable because I am definitely a coffee
2: girl.
0: Yeah, it sure does. And you have to find what works for your, your lifestyle and for your hormones. So that's something that I, I'd help people with too, is how do you fit this for your life? You have to be able, it has to be sustainable ultimately.
1: When I called you to talk about potentially coming on the show, we got into a conversation you were talking to me about your graduate degree and how you did a program where you went into schools And we're working with the schools to kind of figure out some ways to get kids more involved in eating healthier. Tell us a little bit about that, because that's a really cool thing.
0: It was so fun. So anyone that's listening in that lives in Wisconsin or is familiar with Wisconsin, it was in La Crosse area. And so I was working on a grant project where we were funded to go and bring gardens into schools. So we actually took the students out. We would go into the classroom, we would educate them. We started, we brought them the seeds and the soil and we had like a little curriculum about it. And then we all got to bring our little starters out to the garden. So they had a, a huge space. These were in elementary schools and uh, they got to plant it. They got to the teachers. We helped the teachers figure out with their curriculum, how can we watch these plants grow? Cause ultimately kids just need to be involved. The more they are involved the more they're going to be excited about food excited about healthy eating so if they can see their plant starting to grow into let's say spinach they're more likely to eat that spinach when it's served on their plate so then we also worked with coming up with recipes based on what we grew in the garden to help the lunch ladies come up with menu plans So they would literally get to get the food from the garden. And I don't remember how it worked. This was during the school year. I don't know who upcapped it in the summer because that's in Wisconsin. That's the primary time we can get that fresh produce. But it was such an empowering program to be able to watch these kids get excited. And then I also tried to tell them, bring this to your parents. Can Can you ask your parents to grow a garden? Can you ask your parents to do some window gardening? I mean even in the winter time you can grow things in the window and now they even have cool things where you can I think it's called like aquaponics. I forget what my machine is called where you can grow with light and water and it can be indoors even when it's cold out. So yeah that was really really fun in college and then we got to at one point we got to cook for them. So we took what the garden was going to eventually have in it and came up with some recipes cooked cooked it and then got to watch them try it and have them interact with the whole process
1: nice and you came up with some of those things earlier in your life with a family member
0: i sure did i sure did so i am the oldest of four me and the youngest were 15 years apart he was not planned he was the biggest blessing but it's a big age range and so what was nice for my parents is that with me being i think i was i had just turned 16 when he was born so i was able to drive and babysit and we got really close me and the youngest got really close and then when i would come home from college i actually would i nannied our neighbor And I also brought him with me and I nannied him for the summers too. And, and I, my job was to clean and cook and grocery shop. I loved it. I absolutely loved it. And I got to have him come along. And at this time I was studying nutrition. So I was very passionate about the power of food, especially on a growing child. He must've been five or six at the time. I don't remember exactly. And so what was so fascinating to me is that my, my family, my other siblings, we would joke that they had such bad sweet tooths and they do it. it, it I mean, who doesn't, we all do, we all love sugar. Right. <laughs> and so when my parents would feed him, he would ask for, let's say cereal or pancakes, more of the sugary stuff. Even with like dinners, it would be more of the the processed carbohydrates, the the pastas, the mac and cheese, the the frozen foods. Whereas Mm -hmm. when I was meal planning and cooking and I was involving him in the grocery shopping and in the meal prep, he would be so excited. I remember a specific time and he even remembers it to this day, he picked out turnips. So I said, pick out any vegetable you want, we'll go home, we'll look up how you prepare this food, we'll prepare it and we'll try it. And he, I don't know if he learned about a turnip on a show or if it looked cool, whatever it was, but he picked turnips, we prepared it and he, he didn't like it. <laughs> he finished it though. He finished his plate. And I think it was because he got to pick out this turnip and he was excited to try it. Yes. It wasn't his favorite, but he was motivated to finish it because he was so involved in that process. And I find that's very important for other parents too. Get your kids involved, give them the choice, give them the power to add things to the grocery list that you might be surprised about.
1: is really great advice one of the things that i know dr Pels and her whole organization focuses on and that you have a lot of information about is how diet is impacting students and i know our concern a lot is focused on educationally but right now in education across the nation and i think it's not just in schools we're all experiencing this and it wasn't just caused by COVID. It is something that's been on the rise even before COVID. It just kind of amped up and became more evident after COVID. But younger and younger people, people all across the country, but including young people are really struggling with mental health and behavioral issues. And I think a lot of people miss the fact that some of that is deeply impacted by our environment and especially by food.
0: Yeah. I mean, we know through research that there are certain food ingredients that are going to affect your mental health, whether that's depression, whether that's focus, whether that's behavioral issues. We know that certain preservatives, food additives, food colors, they dramatically affect behavior. We also know that most gluten in this country, it causes something called intestinal permeability, or a lot of people know it as leaky gut. And once there's some intestinal permeability or leaky gut, we say leaky gut, leaky brain. We know there's a connection between consuming gluten and depression, con- between consuming gluten and ADHD. So there are these food ingredients that do play a big role in the mood, the focus, behavior, sugar. I mean, we get such a high from sugar, we get that bliss point. It's great but then we crash. What happens when we crash? We've all been there. We get hangry, we get irritable, we get moody. And I don't think people truly realize how much sugar is in our food. Even if you're not consuming sugar, like a slice of bread will convert to about a quarter cup of sugar in your bloodstream. That's one
1: slice. And what about if it's whole wheat? Because people are going to say, but I eat whole wheat.
0: Yeah. So it's technically a, a tiny bit better, but it still converts to sugar. It's still gluten. It's still grain. We have such a problem now in our country with how we are growing grain that it is very inflammatory for many people, including children. And this, there's no coincidence between gluten sensitivity on the rise and how our farming practices have changed. So it's It's, it, it really whole grain, unfortunately is not always better. And I guess it depends on, on the type of grain, but like quinoa would be a better choice than a whole grain piece of bread. And even then that's still a lot of carbohydrates. Most of us consume way too many carbohydrates, carbohydrates convert to sugar. Some convert quicker, some convert slower, but ultimately it will convert to sugar in the body.
1: Well, Shannon just went overseas and she really felt the difference
2: in the wheat and grain products there, huh, Shannon? Yeah, I was in Italy for 18 days, something like that. And so the food was amazing, but there was a lot of bread consumed, (laughs) you know, doughs and like pizza and sandwiches and, but it's it's very different it has a different i don't know it's not necessarily different consistency but it's just you know i feel like maybe my body processed it differently or something along those lines it really didn't have the same impact as when i eat a lot here and was the taste different at all did
0: it taste better worse no difference
2: well i mean i it must have been better because i think all of the food i had in italy was amazing (laughs) right? I didn't have anything that didn't taste good. Yeah. So, and, and walking through the grocery stores there were really different than walking through grocery stores here. So I got to see that too, because I was there for so long. I did a little bit of shopping and not just all eating in restaurants. So everything looked, tasted amazing. So yes, I would say that's probably true.
1: Hey folks, we just wanted to interrupt our interview really, really quick to tell you that we have had so much fun making this podcast for you we've added a youtube channel we're getting ready to start some new podcasts we would love it if you would join us by subscribing wherever you get your podcast or on youtube with your subscription it just makes it possible for us to continue doing what we do
2: yeah we can continue to get great people to interview and attract more
1: yes and bring you what you want to hear so let us know what you want to hear subscribe there'll be buttons below and you guys we appreciate you so much How did they look different? How did the grocery stores look different?
2: Well, they don't have a lot of the same foods with preservatives in them. There's uh, apparently there's a lot of preservatives that we use in the U S that are not allowed in the EU. So I think that's maybe one of the biggest issues, but there was, it was just super easy to like, when you first walk in, there's like all this fruit usually, and it's super easy to grab and, and and then you walk around and there's these big counters of cheese and meat and that kind of stuff. So it just it was easier shopping and they just didn't have like rows and rows of processed food.
0: Yeah, most of the grocery stores in the United States, it, I think it's 75 percent is ultra processed, highly packaged foods. So you're only able to get about 25 percent fresh produce, fresh meat, fresh dairy. And it's it's going to be easier to reach
1: for that when it's three-fourths of the store. Yeah. Uh, that's heartbreaking. I get it. Like I was a single mom when I was younger and on a tight budget because I was putting myself through school and some of those things. So I get that families are trying to feed their kids and it's expensive and there's time issues. And I understand all of those things, but I think it's kind of on us as the U.S., why are we making it that that's what people can afford why mm-hmm. can people only afford ultra processed food when we see that there's long-term repercussions that will make us a weaker nation will make us a less healthy nation I, it just it breaks my heart and and what we're doing to wheat you know and i hate to sound like you know paranoid or whatever but it's true all the Roundup that is GMO'd into our wheat. I just, would you really give your kid a plate with Roundup on it? Spritz their food with it? You wouldn't, but people don't realize that's actually in our grain. Well,
0: and the World Health Organization recently came out stating that glyphosate, which is the, the Roundup, the, the pesticide they spray on genetically modified crops, it is a possible, highly probable human carcinogenic. So that means that it's very likely that it causes cancer in humans. And I think the reason they can't declare it as absolute yet is it it really hasn't been around that long. I believe it was 80s or 90s. I don't don't quote me on that date that we really started using it. So we don't have super long-term research on it yet, which is very frightening to me and going back to the the preservatives and the ingredients that aren't allowed in the EU but they're allowed here it's because in other countries, you're not allowed to use ingredients until they are tested as safe. The United States doesn't ban ingredients until they're tested harmful. Yeah. It's just so counterintuitive.
1: It really is. And we're, we like to go around the world. We're the best country. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, are we? That? We have things to learn. And it's funny because As parents or as just people here in the United States, we see that in our country, childhood obesity is on the rise. Diabetes, cancer, ADHD, mental health issues like anxiety and depression, behavioral issues, they're all on the rise. I mean, we have to know that is linked to some of the practices we have, including what we put into our environment and especially into our bodies.
0: Yeah, it's it is estimated that about 20% of our kids are obese, not just overweight, but obese. And one in three adults in this country are obese. It's it's trending towards one in two. So it's it's really a big problem. And and speaking on the topic of the the role of food and diet and and puberty and development, is that we're seeing that if kids are obese from when they're younger, they're more likely to go through puberty at an earlier age. When they go through puberty at an earlier age, that sets them up for hormonal issues later in life, like PCOS, endometriosis, infertility. And even as I alluded to earlier about how hormones dictate everything, your hormones dictate your mood, your energy, your sleep, your quality of life, your outlook on life how much joy you can actually extract from this life. So it's it's really concerning that we're seeing kids going through puberty early because it's not a genetic thing. I mean, there's rare instances where there's genetics involved, but it's diet and it's environmental toxins. And if we don't start changing that now, my concern is that the, the whole trajectory is gonna change girls aren't supposed to go through puberty until about 10 to 13. We're seeing it happening around eight or nine. Is that going to get younger? Is is that whole cohort going to change to, oh, now everyone's going through puberty at eight or nine. And it's just, it's, it really is concerning knowing what I know about women's hormones, because I primarily work with women in their forties to sixties. I know it starts when you're young.
2: Does the research show that that's happening across the world or just in certain areas? That's a great question.
0: I have have yet to look that up, but I will be looking into that because that's I would imagine it would. Well, it's hard to say because I I do believe that in the United States, we have more children that are obese, but the toxicity issue is it's worldwide. We now live in the most toxic times of human history. And that's not just in the United States. Yeah, That's everywhere. So I think it kind of depends what's the root cause of the precocious puberty. Precocious puberty is when you go through puberty younger than what's considered normal. But yeah, that's a great question.
1: And I wonder like third world countries, if it's really bad there as well, again, because cost, you know, and accessibility to cleaner products, you know, if you if you're struggling financially as a country, it may be a place where those things are more accessible. And looking at what the USDA has required for schools in providing meals, they are very loose in saying fruit, but it can be canned fruit, it can be, you know, whatever. And we see a lot of times for the cost per serving, and storability (laughs) and prep time that usually they use canned, which is a processed type of fruit, which then heightens the amount of sugar, right? And what other things are in there? Yep.
0: And it's nutrient depleted.
1: It really is. You know, a better option
0: would be, can you use more frozen vegetables? I don't know what their freezer spaces are like. Right, right. We do know that they freeze, they freeze fresh produce at peak amount of nutrient status and that preserves the produce. So a frozen item is gonna be much better than a canned and that's gonna last a long time as well. So that would be a very easy,
1: very easy swap in my opinion. (laughs) Right? Oh, I agree. When we look at school lunches around the world, countries like Finland, they made a choice to provide 100% of students with free breakfast and lunch. And they did that to kind of reduce the amount of stigma around getting that so that all kids would eat because the kids who were getting free and reduced weren't eating because they felt like a stigma with that. And I appreciate that. I think that that is really powerful And that's something that maybe we should consider. I know New York just started doing that. 100% of students can have free breakfast and lunch. It doesn't matter. You don't have to apply for it. It's just everybody can have it. That's great. But then we have to look at what they're serving kids in other countries like Finland, like Japan, in France or Italy. And they're giving them like real, real meals. They're not ultra processed meals. And I think that is the part that makes the difference. Yes, we should be providing meals for every kid. I personally think, you know, maybe we could get rid of standardized testing and take that $2 billion and put it into food. But, you know, (laughs) nobody asked me what I think. (laughs) I'm just throwing it out there. But if we did put money into food, could we provide all students free breakfast, free lunch, and give them something good? And what would be the hurdles to that? I have no idea. But understanding why it's important, I think, is the first step. And for families to understand, if you're still packing lunch and you can do that, what what can they pack? What is a good thing for them to pack for snacks for a lunchtime so that the kids have stamina for the whole day? What does that look like?
0: Yeah, so the very first thing I think about is protein. Mm -hmm. And before I lose this train of thought, you know, it's really interesting that in America, we have our kid foods. We have our kid menus. We have our chicken nuggets and our finger foods. They don't have that in other countries. So why do we have kid foods? Why can't kids just eat what adults eat? And that's what they can serve at lunches. Because if I, I'm sure you've seen the pictures of the plates where each country shows what they're what they're feeding their their kids at school, and it really is pathetic when you look at the school lunches in America, and yes. it's very highly processed, packaged kid foods. But if you are able to send your kid with a lunch, then I personally would say you have to think of protein first. So protein, it is the most satiating. It is going to help with your blood sugar regulation, which is critical if for focus, for energy, for development, you need to have a balanced blood sugar and protein and healthy fats are the way to to go about that. So I always try to think, Okay, well, could you pack and I try to look for nitrate free, sugar free turkey sticks, chicken sticks, beef sticks. Can you pack deli meat that's also free of nitrates and sugar? So my my brother, who now is 16, he will pack chicken breast for lunch. He will make his own chicken breast and pack it for lunch. You don't you don't hardly see that, do you? That's a very easy option packing the leftovers I know that the tricky thing is if it needs to be reheated I don't I mean each school is a little different I think some schools have access to a a microwave others may not allow their students that but even just packing the leftovers but protein first is critical and then I think about healthy fats next so does your kid like nut butters uh, or seeds pistachios pumpkin seeds are great could you make like a homemade trail mix where you do some raw nuts and seeds? Mm. <laughs> if you're, if your child likes coconut, I love coconut flakes, coconut flakes, unsweetened, unsweetened, not the ones with all, all the sugar. Uh, they're full of fiber, full of antioxidants, full of healthy fats. These healthy fats are critical for our brain. Our brain is about 60% fat. We need fat for our brain and for development. Does your kid like guacamole? I mean, they've got these. Um, I love the Holy Guacamole company where they do like those single serve guacamole, super easy to to break up or to open up and have a great serving of healthy fats in there. I'm trying to think of it. Oh, olives! And I know some of these foods are foods your kids may not eat, but they may love them. Maybe you do some deli meat with some olives and pickles. I mean that that combination is great with some nuts and seeds. You are going to have some sort of starch. Can you do something that has a lot of fiber in it? They have a lot of different healthier crackers now that are more nut-based. If your kid doesn't have an allergy, they have crackers that are more rice-based. That's going to be a little bit better. They now have different tortillas that are gluten-free, that are made with cassava. I don't know if you guys have ever tried cassava wraps. They're so tasty and cassava is actually a prebiotic so a a prebiotic type of food is an amazing gut food going back to that leaky gut concept from earlier we really have to start to repair all of our guts i think all of us have leaky gut to some degree And so Mm -hmm. one of the ways to do that is by feeding the good bacteria in your gut we all talk about probiotics right we hear about the probiotics the capsules the yogurts the kombucha but we don't talk enough about the prebiotics we can't keep the probiotics alive unless we're eating prebiotics so back to the cassava that's a great prebiotic so you could do a wrap there's cassava crackers and chips So there are options, unfortunately, it's more expensive for those packaged foods that are healthier. So can you go back to what's more natural and whole? Have your nuts, have your seeds, have a piece of fruit, have some meat. That's kind of how I would think about it. What is in the most natural whole state, whole form that you can find rather than very packaged and processed? That's what I would personally do
1: a lot of people don't consider fish and shrimp and things like that and maybe you can't pack those because we know that those spoil faster but at least at home you could be offering those with omega oils in them i know i'm a big fish eater i love fish not everybody likes it but i love fish and it is so great for your skin for your hair for your brain it's so wonderful
0: yeah and for growth and development and one thing i mean for You mentioned being a single mom or for busy moms who don't have time to prep fish, you can find pretty decent wild caught canned fish. I mean, it's not the best, but it's still a very, very healthy option that you literally open the can. Here you go. Here's your protein. It's brilliant. Or I've even seen where you can find like salmon patties that you would Mm -hmm. just put on stovetop or put in the oven. And there you go. It's pre-packaged. I love to always have like organic chicken sausage in the freezer. So when I don't have something prepped, I can pull out that protein. I call them emergency meals. You <laughs> need to have your pantry and your freezer stocked with your emergency meals that if you didn't have time to prep, you didn't have time to plan, it's there. And I always try to think protein and fat first. That, that is critical no matter what age you are, children and adults.
1: Right, and I love, honestly, I'm a big Costco fan. And part of yeah. the reason is because they'll carry so much organic, frozen, prepackaged things that are quick and easy. And when it's just me that needs to eat, I can just pull out some wild caught salmon and you know cook it right away, like right from the freezer and it's quick and easy and it's yummy.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I know one of my favorite emergency meals you can get at Costco. So they have spiralized zucchini that's frozen. Mm-hmm. That could be your noodle. Then I love the Rayo's organic tomato sauce. It's very, mm-hmm. or it's like a pasta sauce, it's very clean. There's nothing, no bad ingredients in there. And then sometimes I'll have like the chicken meatballs or the the chicken sausages and cut that up. And literally within 15 minutes, it's it's ready. It's delicious. It's healthy. It's whole foods. And it was all in the freezer. So having
1: ideas like that, I find is so, so, so powerful. And they can find some good ideas with you guys at Dr. Pell's <laughs> website. Does, does she have a website that they can go to, to find some of this information? Yes.
0: Yes. Dr. Mindy We also, the Fast Like a Girl book is a great resource. She recently added to her menopause reset book. So if you're in that age where you're starting to go into menopausal symptoms, check out the menopause reset. And then I created a, this was actually years ago. I started an Instagram because I'd have clients be like, what do you eat? Or what do you order? What are What's your favorite this? What's your favorite that? So I started it really to have for options for my clients. And now it's one of my creative outlooks. I, I'm not out on there very often but it's called the wellness page so it's the wellness p-a-i-g-e it's a little play on words so yes there i have a lot of options and recipes and ideas there i was originally practical page because i wanted to bring like practical ideas and then i i thought of wellness page so i switched
1: it awesome That's awesome. And we're not asking you this because we're done talking to you at all. I just know as people are listening and we will have all of this information in our notes underneath the the episode of the podcast, as well as on YouTube. So look through our notes there, you guys, you can find links to these things.
2: I'm going to go to the Instagram for sure, because it's going to help me get through the next week.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Find some, some fun stuff on there. Costco yep. isn't that expensive either. Like I feel like Costco's a little bit more reasonable and I don't like to buy, you know, a ton of stuff in bulk cause I don't need that much, but for foods and stuff, the produce and the frozen things are really not. When you look at price per serving, it's really not that expensive and great opportunity for to get nuts and things like that. So I, I think they carry a lot of good options. So I agree. Costco.
0: <laughs> yeah, I get my hemp seeds there, my chia seeds, I get my nut butter there that I love. I get, I always get wild berries. I get some meat there. One of my favorite, another like emergency meal are the egg bites. They have great egg bites there. You could make your own. I just, I love the convenience of having them in the freezer. I love how they taste. Yeah, they've got great salad mixes. So
1: I, I'm a big Costco fan myself. And tell us about if, if parents who have teenagers or pubescent kids, in their household, talk to us about what they can be doing to support their kids to maybe stabilize things a little bit. Oh my gosh. I had a teenage know. daughter and it was rough.
0: <laughs> yes. I was a teenager at one point. So I remember it. And now with yeah. the like youngest brother, I mean, I saw my siblings go through that time period. Both my brothers were into like weight training and sports. And so it was like my, pa- they couldn't eat enough it so my parents constantly had to have food i mean the amount of eggs that they would go through was insane so i find that having healthy options is so important some tips that i would give is to have things cut up already if it's cut up and easy to access then they're more likely to go towards that put that in more plain sight the 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 maybe not as healthy foods the more junk foods keep those maybe a little bit higher in the pantry or somewhere they don't see it right away. And then the education piece is so important. I find find what lights up your teenager. Is it sports? Is it the potential of getting into college? Is it their skin health? What is it? And then from there, you can then educate them on how their diet plays a role in that. So for example, let's we, we see a lot of acne showing up in puberty and teenagers yes that's normal that's hormonal but it doesn't have to be a, a lot of acne it doesn't have to be big breakouts. that's a big driver i hear all the time when i work with teenagers well we know that there are two main food groups that drive acne more than other food groups it's sugar and it's dairy so if you can mm-hmm. educate your child or your teenager on that Give them some alternatives to those foods, have them experiment for a few weeks. If they see their skin clear up, that's motivation in and of itself. They're going to be more strict about it than you're going to be strict to them because they see how it impacts them firsthand. If your teenager is in sports, show them how when you eat, let's say you have protein before you go to practice or before a big game, versus if you carb load, which there's a lot of newer thoughts around carb loading and how that may may not be the best for long-term energy sustainability during a sport, a game, et cetera. Or even like the the Gatorades. I hate the Gatorades. They're full of sugar. And then the ones that aren't full of sugar, they have artificial sweeteners in there so can you instead switch to more electrolyte packets in water but ultimately you've got to teach them okay so if you have some protein maybe some healthy fat pay attention to your performance versus Mm -hmm. okay go if let's say they're begging for a pop tart or begging for some sort of sugary carb rich food okay go ahead And then after the game, did you see how your performance was a little different? How did you, and maybe not even that, how did you feel when you were playing? What was your strength like? What was your stamina like? And so getting them to see the difference between when they eat well versus when they don't eat well, that is going to get them to start to want to eat a little bit healthier. And then as a parent, it's your responsibility to have that food accessible for them. Have it in the house, have it ready for them.
1: Absolutely. And thinking about sodas, we all know sodas are no good, but when your kids want either dairy or sodas, or they're wanting something to drink that has a flavor to it, I love water and I drink a ton of water, but I know some people don't like to drink water. You mentioned electrolyte packets. What are some other good, healthy options? Tea?
0: Yeah. I I find that a lot of teenagers don't love tea unless it's got a lot of sugar in it. So you could make tea and then use some of the healthy sweeteners like monk fruit or honey or stevia drops. I also find fruit infused water can be pretty cool. Like it looks cool. And like if you have it floating in your water, it looks fancy having cucumbers in your water or lemons or limes, but it also tastes really, really yummy. Sparkling waters. Sparkling waters that have no sugar in them, but are naturally flavored, that can be a great option too, especially if they want like the fizz or the the bubbles, then doing more of the sparkling water or mineral waters. Mineral waters are so great because most of us, especially teenagers, are very mineral depleted. And we need minerals for our frontal brain. We need minerals for growth and development. So mineral water is very bubbly. It's just, it doesn't have sugar. So can you squeeze lemon or lime in there and maybe some stevia drops? That's, that tastes pretty dang close to a soda. I mean, I was never a huge soda drinker, so I could be very biased with that statement. But a lot of my clients have been able to get off a soda when they have some of those alternatives.
1: When, with my first two kiddos, we didn't think about this and I didn't have the information at the time because I hadn't finished my degree, but with my youngest, I knew we did not allow him to have anything but water or at the time, he was young. So he was drinking milk, but no juices, no sodas, no anything until after he turned two. And during that first two years is when you really begin to build your palate. And so after that, he did like lemonade. He loves tea and water. And he doesn't drink sodas. He doesn't like them. He's not really a big milk drinker. And I think it's really important for parents to know, like, if you can control what your kids are eating early, like you were talking about, not only does it help their health, but it also helps how their brain learns to like food and what it learns to like, and will really guide them as they move forward. And yes, I have a 19 year old that (laughs) eats all kinds of, you know, he loves canes and uh, we just got canes where we live. And so he's been loving that, but he'll eat it and then he'll be like, I can't have that for so many days because I, you know, I had it two days in a row and it's so fatty. I can feel it. I need to, you know, and so he, you know, you can train your kids so that when they're out on their own and making those choices, that they're going to be paying attention to it. Cause like you said, they feel the difference in their bodies and they don't like the way it feels when they get that yucky stuff. We feel like that's going to be so much work, but what you're talking about is really it's it's not that much work and if we do that there's such a big payoff.
0: Yeah. And if it feels overwhelming, then start by just adding in healthy things. Don't okay. especially for a teenager, a teenager is so set in their ways at that point and they're learning how to be independent and they want to make their choices. So instead of saying no, 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 avoid this, what can you add in that's gonna benefit their health or their learning or their behavior, or whatever you're trying to work on. And naturally, if you add more healthy stuff in, then they're going to the, the amount of junk food that they eat or other maybe not as healthy foods, that's gonna naturally come down once you add in more healthy foods. And then I, I agree, once they start feeling better, it's, it's more motivating. I, I was not raised super healthy. My, my dad was traveling all the time. My mom was home alone often with young kids. And we often did drive throughs or frozen foods. I mean, I grew up on taquitos and smileys and Bosco sticks. Yeah. And it wasn't until I don't even know where the passion started. I was 18 years old and I, I started learning about nutrition. And I started by, I always laugh at this. I thought it was so healthy to make ramen noodles and add vegetables to it. And I was like, (laughs) so healthy because I'm adding vegetables to my ramen noodles. And as I started paying attention to how I felt when I ate better, that's what propelled me into the nutrition Mm. world. And so I find if you can teach your kids and set an example, then they're more likely to want to make those healthy choices when they see you doing it, but also when they can link, okay, this is how I feel when I eat six donuts. This is how I feel when I have a healthy
1: smoothie. That's such a good point. We'll have to follow Shannon and see after her detox, how she's doing. <laughs>
2: I'll, so, I'll give updates along the way.
1: What a coincidence that we started this interview that we had scheduled this interview and you just started your detox.
2: I did on Monday. I started and now this is Friday. So five days in, and it's mostly like a sugar detox and low carb So it's exactly what kind of what she was talking about, but yeah, what a coincidence.
1: Well, and I, like I said, in the interview that I had found Mindy Pels on a podcast that I listen to and watch on YouTube sometimes when I'm cleaning the house or doing whatever. So I got her book and I reached out to Paige after that, but I have been following this book and using it to start really working toward getting to a place where I'm eating the way I want to eat. And it has been easy to follow and I love it. And some of the things we were talking about today, I will also incorporate and look for more food options. It was really a good interview and Paige is such a neat lady. She's got such good real world things that we can all use.
2: Yeah. I think she had some really good ideas that I'm going to try when the school year starts to help implement. I think one of the biggest problems that I've always had is the whole prepping piece. Making a plan for the week, even for the day. She's exactly right when she said, if you don't have a plan for your meal early in the day, then you're going to be too tired and maybe make the worst choice you can, you know, for dinner or. So true. Yeah.
1: So true. And I love that she was saying your breakfast is the most important meal of the day, but that doesn't mean it's early in the morning. And it's literally breaking fast. So when you stop not eating, and start eating for the day what you eat right then is so important and i think that's really true and i've been doing my breaking fast right after i go to the gym and so i'm doing really heavy protein and i can say i can feel a big difference in that it gives me so much more stamina throughout the day and i'm needing less sleep and i definitely feel like my mood stabilized and much more calm and focused than i have been before so just some really good stuff and i think all of us whether we're an administrator or a parent or a college student this is good stuff for you you really you you can check it out and go to the websites and again we'll have the notes below
2: yeah i think we'll
1: all benefit from it so just a fun little thing to throw in there i hope you guys liked it if you have ideas for us please message us wherever you're listening to your podcast you can leave us a message if you're watching us on youtube you can leave us a message you can go to our website at e the number 2 now.com e two now. (laughs) That's right, and we have we have blogs there, and you can leave us emails and all those good things. So let us know if there's something you want us to cover. If you're a teacher, if you're an administrator, if you're a parent, if you're a student, let us know. We want to find out what you guys want to hear, and we want to help you get those answers and get information on it because we learn so much when we do this.
2: Yeah, we definitely do. I always get something out of it.
1: I've learned so much in the last year. It's crazy. All right, guys, together Together we we can can do do better. better. All right, we'll see you next time. Bye.